This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Celebrating other people's success creates an environment of success for everyone. The more we help each other and lift each other up, the more we can achieve ourselves. We tend to focus on other people's failures. Schadenfreude is all too common. But a mindset of abundance, not scarcity, can have tremendous individual payoffs. We're accustomed to competing with each other. Instead, we should just compete with ourselves and take every opportunity to mentor, coach, and support others. Like the mutual power of referrals, cheerleading others reflects back on us. Valerie Atelis interviews Jeffrey A. Martinovich, the author of Just One More, The Wisdom of Bob Vukovich. Jeffrey A. Martinovich is a first Gulf War veteran, MBA, and founder and CEO of MICG Investment Management, a billion-dollar wealth management firm. After the 2008 financial crisis, Jeff rejected three government plea offers, resulting in a 14-year prison sentence. Yet the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals reversed twice. Two U.S. District Court judges were removed, and after nearly seven years, he was released to home confinement in May 2020 to begin rebuilding his life. Meet Jeffrey at jeffmartinovich.com. Here's the interview with Jeffrey A. Martinovich. In your own words, who is Jeffrey A. Martinovich? That question has a large standard deviation. <laughs> I've had a lot of a uh, lot of very fortunate successes, and also some uh, great failures, as uh, is kind of touched on in our book today. But I, I've been a very fortunate person, coming from the Midwest of Ohio. Uh, being in the, going to the United States Air Force Academy and being able to serve our country in the first Gulf War, and then also gaining an MBA and being able to get in the world of finance. And in the finance world is where I was able to have a lot of success. And then after uh, the financial crisis of 2008, have a lot of drama. And uh, today we can touch on some of the lessons learned there. But again, uh, even after that drama, we've come out the other side and the universe has been very good to me. And uh, uh, so my my family and and I even have a new little girl, Carly, who is on the way next month. So there's lots of miracles happening for us. 
When you say drama, I'm curious to know what does it mean to you? What is drama in this life? <laughs> what constitutes drama? <laughs> Wait, good question. I guess, you know, it's funny. In, in my book, we actually talk about drama queens and then people who are able to have what I call brain compartmentalization. So, you know, you think the, the people who are always like in drama, you know, and it might be only one little thing that's setting them off. And then we all know like somebody else who just seems to be able to juggle 15 different balls in the air and have all kinds of issues, but, you know, never lets us see them sweat. In my world, I actually, the, my crazy story is, is that after 2008 in the financial crisis, I actually refused three separate plea offers from the federal government which said that we uh, had some nefarious activities in some of our hedge funds, if you remember that name. And uh, so I actually went to trial and was convicted and ended up being sentenced to 14 years in federal prison uh, after our billion-dollar investment firm basically went to zero. And it took me about seven years to write all those untruths and to overturn the case twice and get back home and be able to restart our life. So over the last decade, relative to most people, uh, we've had a lot of drama. But but again, you know, when we look at where we live and and the kind of lifestyle that we live, you know, we're still extremely fortunate compared to so many other experiences on the planet. So I think it's all as, as you teach in your books, which are amazing, is it, it's all about the lens we have and the view we have every day. Do you have any spiritual beliefs or practices, Jeff? I would like to say that I think I'm very spiritual. Uh, I Certainly during my last 10 years trying to overcome all these challenges, as we know, you know, that makes us all much more spiritual. You know, I've grown up kind of a standard United States Christian upbringing, but also over time, I, I was fortunate to be exposed to some Buddhist teachings. And, and over the last 10 years, actually specifically what they term Siddha yoga meditation, which has been really amazing for me to look inward, to try to quiet the mind and try to listen better about just this grand design. Because when I was going through all of this drama, you know, the one thing we have to believe in is there has to be some grand design. There has, there has to be some meaning to this. And that's what gives us the hope. And that's what keeps us out of the despair and depression. And so, yes, I, I believe that there's an amazing something going on. And most uh, somebody like me is just not bright enough to understand it. But I try to be as quiet as I can and to listen. And speaking of wisdom, from your perspective, what is the difference between wisdom and knowledge? Oh, boy, what a great question. Um, I actually relate that a lot to in my experiences where I've been fortunate to deal with people who are very highly educated and then also people who maybe have very little education. Right. Um, there's a huge difference between education and intelligence. Mm. 
um, through my exposure in prison, I met an incredible number of men who who unfortunately weren't exposed to great formal education, but were incredibly intelligent. And that's one of the tragedies of our systems is that we have all that ability there being untapped. And so I'm working to hopefully, you know, reverse a lot of that. And also, of course, the years bring on the wisdom. Mm -hmm. And I have been fortunate to have a lot of mentors, a lot of people that took me under their wing and taught me life stories and business truisms. And so through the book, the the book Just One More came about because I'd, I had written a business book which had about 45 lessons for business. But then there were these 15 other lessons which were really more about life. And they were more wisdom from that grandfather we'd all like to have mm-hmm, yeah. or, or that one person who, who will take us under their wing. And so that was the purpose of this book, to have Bob Vukovich give a lot of these wis- a lot of his wisdom and these lessons to the young protege, uh, Cole Johnson. So there, I believe there's a huge difference between wisdom and knowledge and wisdom and, and intelligence. Uh, and certainly most of us don't get a chance to have a, have a very in-depth formal education. So there's a, you know, all those things go back to wisdom and intelligence. What is another word for life, Jeff? What comes to mind? My belief has always been is it's about experience. Uh, certainly, um, I've, I've lived a life where I've gained a lot of material things. But as we know, we can't take any of that with us. And it can all go away overnight, as I personally learned. So my focus has always been on experience and through other people and I love to travel internationally and just immerse in diff- different cultures. And I think really at the end, I, I like, you know, exposure and experience. And I, I've always told people in my companies, he who experiences most wins. And I really think that's the purpose why we're down here on the planet this time is to overcome fear and experience as much as possible before we go on to the next adventure. Yeah. Is that possible to become fearless? Do you think that? Boy, I, I sure hope it is. I'm trying every day. I, boy, I lecture myself every day because I see it creeping into my thinking all the time is that I'm making my decisions based on fear. And I try to get that out of there so that we can make, you know, the right decision and and experience our greatest self. We usually talk here on the podcast about coming from a place of love, a space of love. Some say that love is the opposite of fear or that fear and love cannot coexist. Um, We're still exploring that. Do you want to make a comment about the fear-love dynamic? Well, I... I I agree that, uh, you know, there's really only two emotions on the planet, and that is love and fear. And and we can easily uh, see that everything comes from those two. And and it's a process as as somebody like you has mastered so much of that, that if we can think in love and think in hope and inspiration and just kind of keep brain compartmentalization working to keep that fear out. What is success for you today? How you define success these days? I, I, I'm embarrassed to admit that before I 
gauged a lot of my scoreboard for success was money and kind of a little bit of uh, fame and and uh, business success. I don't think there's really anything wrong with that. I think that now today, uh, maybe as we get a little bit older and we've been through some of these events, is to add in, I think success is also being able just to appreciate every day and not uh, because with my family and a new child on the way uh, at my advanced age (laughs) that I think there are these just miracles going on. And if we can just enjoy each day, make forward progress, then I kind of view that as success because everybody starts at different places and everybody has different missions. And that's, uh, that's, I think why we're down here. And when at the end we maybe look at our life movie, you know, did we overcome the fears we were supposed to? Did we bounce back up? A lot of what my life has been is having a great success then followed by a great failure <laughs> and then you know, having to get back off the canvas and get back again. And so I think as long as we keep doing that, we have success. What is true power to you? Boy, that's a great one. True power, you, you know, so many times is thought of as, as your dominance of others. But now I really believe that true power is being comfortable with yourself and not having to externally exert power over others, but actually beginning to master yourself, your emotions, your intelligence, uh, your wisdom. And so I think that a, a master exerts such true power and we don't even recognize it in our normal societal views. But when you can let go and let others be the hero, let others win the game, knowing all along that you know you are confident in yourself and you have detached from others' approval or others' disapprovals, I think that's when you gain your personal power. Do you connect this kind of power to self-love? Absolutely. As, as we know, so many people go through so much on this journey, and especially as children. And so there's so many insecurities to overcome and it's so difficult for them to love themselves and for us to love ourselves. Uh, So that seems to be the greatest challenge for all of us. But once we get down that road and we master that, that's when all that positive energy comes out that really attracts other people to us. And a lot of that laws of the attraction happens. And as you teach, you know, everything is energy. And so we have to have self-love. We have to master our own confidence. And that, you know, that's all of us, our greatest challenge. Oh, wow. Yes, for sure. (laughs) That's uh, well said. And my last warm-up question is about 2020 and all the challenges that we have faced. What have you learned from 2020, Jeff? What insights have you gained? Well, remember, in my 2020, I finally uh, was able to get back home to my family after reversing my federal cases and so many uh, twists and turns that turned our life upside down. So ironically, in the middle of the pandemic and these type of issues, we were able to, you know, celebrate 
getting back together. But I think I like to think that it's for the great mass of citizens. It was a milestone, a speed bump. And I like to think that we have these events in our life that help us take stock of where we are, what we've done, who we are, and then we can reassess and move forward. And I like to do that a lot, whether it's with birthdays or selling a business or, or unfortunately at times, you know, a death. And so I think the COVID and the 2020 and everything really kind of helped people reassess where they are. You saw so many people changing jobs, working from home, changing so many things that they probably would have never got around to if there wasn't a an external event which helped them move forward. I'm going to ask you one more question before I ask you uh, questions about your book. A lot of what you say relates to the book already, but I think this question is uh, has to do with what some of the experiences that you had, and you'll be a very good person to answer this question. How would you describe this state of being free in a sense of how do you interpret freedom? What is to be free? <laughs> wow. Uh, certainly that's been on the top of my list for the last eight to nine years. And even on my business resume, I believe on my curriculum vitae, under interests, one of the things I write is freedom. And, and I believe I love business and capitalism and free markets and a free society. It's, you know, pretty, a very libertarian viewpoint um, because I believe that, you know, God made us all incredibly powerful and incredibly intelligent and we can take care of ourselves. And so anything in our society that we can do to help everyone be more free and anything we can do to ourselves, whether it's through education, physical, mental, spiritual, that enables us to be stronger, which allows us not to have to rely on others or a government or, you know, something else to take care of us. Wow, that is actually, in my mind, true freedom. So you wrote the book, Just One More, The Wisdom of Bob Vokovich. Talk to me about how you became a writer and what was the main inspiration or the main intention and purpose of writing your book? Well, I be parlayed with uh, my story before. So I became a writer in prison and uh, certainly you have a little bit more time <laughs> to do that. <laughs> but you, you also um, try to really look inward and, and it gives you the chance, you know, possibly to do things that you wouldn't have taken the time to do, like we earlier mentioned. Uh, I Again, I have been very fortunate in the education I've received, the mentors I've had, the people that have really helped me along the way. I've had great coaches in, in athletics. I've had great professors uh, and I've had great family members. And so what I wanted to do is convey a lot of that wisdom, which really isn't my wisdom. Uh, I'm adopting it from all the people who have taught me and help kind of give advice for maybe some cerebral things, but also a lot of daily things that, boy, if I just would have had somebody who told me, like how to host a golf tournament or how to throw a great party 
some of those items in there. And then I also knew, you know, the world teaches you, especially in business, that everybody loves a story. And the greatest way for people to learn or to teach others is through a story. And a lot of the narratives out there, like maybe The Alchemist, or even back to narrative nonfiction, like Who Moved My Cheese? That's how we really learn. And so what I tried to do was tell a narrative, which is very analogous to my life and my experience about Bob Vukovic, and so that the lessons are interspersed with hopefully a compelling narrative that makes it interesting. And then at the end, some people have been so kind to say that they really enjoyed the story, and by the time they got to the end of the book, they had learned all these lessons that they really didn't, you know, pick up on as they were going through the book. And so that makes, you know, that really is amazing for me to hear because that was really the purpose of just trying to help a lot of people and give a lot of advice that that I was able to get myself and then also to have it be very enjoyable, of course. How did you come up with the title? Was it one? Okay, yeah. okay well, <laughs> well, the honest answer of that is... The the book is the is placed uh, in the bistro. In the bistro, honest answer was a restaurant bar upscale establishment on the first floor of our office building in downtown Norfolk, and I had I was fortunate to be a partial owner of it. And uh, you know it's not good to have a, a bistro bar on the first floor so close to your office because you end up spending too much time there. <laughs> I but, can't imagine. Uh, so a joke we would have down there was, hey, you know, can we get you one more? And we would say, just one more, but then I've got to go. And so that's where the title came from. But, but what happened was when we were laughing about that is we extrapolated that into, you know, just one more lesson, just one more challenge, just one more comeback and all those type of things. And so it seemed to make sense uh, as a title for the story that, that we try to tell. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. What do you expect from life at this time, Jeff? Boy, I have a beautiful new bride, Ashley. I have little baby Carly on the way, and uh, my son Cole, who's 26, is now working with me in, uh, in one of our new companies. So, and my mother uh, is over here and we take good care of her. And so, I mean, it has been a true miracle that we made it through the other side of the tunnel from our latest challenge and we're all together and we're thriving here. So that really is the definition. That's how I view success right now, to do the right thing, make great forward progress, and at the end of the whole game, you know, I hope to have left a legacy that is of all the right character and integrity, class and grace and accomplishments. And B, um, I love the, uh, I believe it's Hunter Thompson who says, you know, at the very end, we slide into the grave with a be beaten and battered and all used up body. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I'm really yeah. trying to go uh, with that strategy and, and accomplish as much as possible. Do you offer at this time coaching services or leadership services or any kind of one-on-one -on -one or online services? 
Absolutely. Boy, it's interesting you ask that. I just jumped off a of Zoom earlier with, uh, we have a company called Ash Business Advisory, which does coaching and consulting for business leaders, small to large and larger corporations, a division manner, or I love the, the startup entrepreneur. Uh, so I love to do that in, in my business world. We started up six or seven companies and uh, in mostly in the financial world, but some other arenas. So, yes, right now I'm consulting for a few different companies and kind of juggling diff- uh, many different balls and wearing many different hats for them. Uh, but really, at the end of the day, I love the one-on-one, hoping that I'm making a difference, that I'm adding value, and that through the business owner or or through the business success, you know, that we can show some great results. And and, uh, and that's just what is a, a lot of fun for me. Yeah, it sounds like it. What is your website? <laughs> <laughs> I know you have, you sent it to me. Yeah, can you... Please, right, uh, sure. Uh, we, we have a bunch of different ones, but the, the, they all kind of flow through. The easiest is uh, just my name, jeffmartinovich.com. And I like some of the, uh, the quotes in the book that I accessed uh, that caught my attention um, where it writes, um, yeah, Bob's quotes says, I urge you to find your own truth. Question everyone and everything. Seek knowledge make your own decisions. Yeah, we talked earlier about when you you talked about believing in yourself and coming from that place of self-knowledge and self-empowerment. That always speaks, um, yeah, to me, resonates to me. So thank you for having that throughout the book and specifically on that line. Thank you. And then you also, um, in your book, you say, understand that love and compassion are the secrets which make this human experience bearable. And that kind of yes. made me reflect about the bearable word. So as if the human experience tends to be unbearable. Talk to me for a moment about that because it made me think. Right. I think you're right. And, and the whole key is, uh, which, which you have mastered very well, are, are looking at life as a blessing and a miracle. Even I, uh, Albert Einstein said, right, there's only two ways to look at you know, life. One is nothing is a miracle or mm-hmm. everything is mm-hmm. a miracle. Yes. <laughs> and I, I certainly want to choose that route. You know, especially in years like last year and all the things going on in our world, it's so hard to believe sometimes that about the pain and the suffering that so many people on the planet go through. And so, you know, you have to be almost like brain dead not to be able to have empathy and compassion for all those troubles. And it, it does seem unbearable for so many people. And, and you question why do they have to go through so much? But again, I think it is part of the grand design that, you know, that's that was their journey on their time or that is our journey. So I think the key to the journey is getting from a viewpoint of unbearable to a viewpoint of everything is a miracle. And uh, hopefully reading more of your books and your blogs and your site, all of us you know, can get more into that consciousness that sees the good. Seems like it, it takes being open. Thank you so much for, keep saying that, that's something that's coming from your understanding of life, of this experience, that this is a miracle. And it is. 
I mean, I can't see differently. It's um, now it's impossible to go back. <laughs> At some point, it, I didn't see that, but I can't reverse now. <laughs> Everything is a miracle, and if we can see that in the, the most horrible moments, which they don't become as horrible <laughs> when we see it as a miracle too. Everything is life being life. Yes, and and you notice when you have when you change that viewpoint. Everyone else seems nicer. Yeah, you know it's right, really strange. Right. True, it? <laughs> so uh, true. You know, I, I noticed that <laughs> so myself true. when I put myself in the right frame of mind. Yeah. I think everyone else is nicer. <laughs> also. Yeah, uh, it's really strange how that works. Yeah, um, everything's connected, right? So yeah, the whole world is an electrical grid, and we can choose to put protons out there with positive charges or electrons with negative charges. And that's exactly what we're going to get back. Yeah. Which, from um, my perspective, it seems like it sometimes it doesn't happen by choice, which is interesting to see. It's almost like being open and curious enough. And then we are able to see that, to see more, yes. maybe the bigger picture. But I don't know how much I believe in um, willpower and control anymore, or self-control. Right. So what do you think? Which way is it? It seems like it's something that I call the impossible. The impossible happens, which is coming from a conditioned mind and body to this unconditional perspective about it all. Unconditional love, unconditional life, unconditioned everything. It turns into the phrase that you keep saying beautifully, everything becomes a miracle. Like, I like I'm that. in awe, like, how can I be here now talking to you? It's impossible. Right, right. We're almost at the end. I do have a few more questions for you. Would you like to say anything or add anything or read a passage in your book? Well, I've, I've been just so overwhelmed uh, by the reception of the book. And, and I, guess, I guess it kind of shows that most of us, a lot of us, and most of us go through these great challenges and it, to be as cliche as possible about it, you know, we have two choices, whether to stay down or to get back up. And I think the story of Bob Vukovic through the story is inspiring to people because he eventually chooses to re-engage in what I call this competitive game of life. And I think that's the whole key. So I, I've just been overwhelmed uh, by the nice reviews and comments and people and people as yourself spending time talking to somebody as myself. And so uh, it's just been a great opportunity and as much good or hope or inspiration that it can give to others. Uh, that is truly a miracle. Yeah, that's a beautiful intention to have a way of seeing life. Thank you for being you just the way you are. It's beautiful. I have three more questions. The ending questions. If you knew you would die soon, meaning leaving or losing the body, would you make any change or do anything in a different way? Boy, I've been asked that a lot because of the challenge of my last 10 years. Would I have made any changes? Would I have accepted these plea agreements and moved forward? Uh, and I keep saying, and, and I think I'm telling the truth and not fibbing to myself, but I think I would make the same decisions. I think I would try to stand up for what I believe is right. I would stand up for my employees and for my family and the truth. Uh, and although that ended up being a tremendously more challenging road uh, to go down, but again, I, I think it was part of this grand design, as you speak of, and we came out the other end. 
And what I want to do, I, I don't think I would change anything except that I would just try to do it better. I want to be stronger, kinder, more compassionate. I want to give, I'd love to travel more and be able to hopefully inspire and give inspiration to, to many others through maybe possibly, you know, talking of my journey and a lot of the wisdom that we've been able to receive. So I feel very comfortable with where I am and what I'm doing, but at the same time, I'm trying to get up as early as possible, be as healthy as possible, and produce as much of uh, positive, productive work throughout the day. Mm, wow. Yeah. Based on the legacy that you spoke earlier. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for giving yourself to life <laughs> the way you are. And two more questions. What are three things about life you know for sure as of this moment? Three things about life I know for sure. One is we, we all know so little about what really is life. <laughs> and, and I think I even talk about it in the book is like the smartest, this, I think the smartest people in the world are the people that constantly say, I don't know. You know, they don't try to say that their answer is right, their facts are right, their politics are right, their beliefs are right, their religion is right. The smart people know, you know what, we all probably know very, very little. So I would say, that that's the first thing is that, you know, we only know the tip of the iceberg about what's really going on. Uh, secondly, I think it's obvious that what you put out into the life is what you receive. You know, the harder you work, the more success you have, the more love you get. If you want your spouse to love you more, then you just need to shower her with more love. And, and all of those things are, are very obvious but they are so true. And then finally, at the end, I would say kind of along the lines of, of your uh, work is I really do believe that we are all part of one connected consciousness. And I see it from I've been able to kind of slip through very different socioeconomic lifestyles in my journey and I see from the top to the bottom, from the left to the right, everybody really is truly connected so that if we're not empowering the rest of the team, we're really holding ourselves back also. So I think in my opinion, those are three truisms uh, for life. Mm, I love them. Thank you for saying that. And my last question is, what is another word for Jeff? <laughs> That's um, a fun one. <laughs> how about how about we would say enigma? Mm. Uh, because uh, mm. I have lived kind of many different lives. Yeah. And uh, sometimes when you're going through many challenges, you might be misunderstood. And I like uh, so people kind of like to say that they think I'm an enigma for whatever good or bad that means. But, but I think that's also good. We, we don't want to be predictable. We don't want to be vanilla. <laughs> um, and, my, and my buddy Paul sent me an email while I was in prison. And I think this kind of sums it up. And that was after I had lost the billion dollars. <laughs> and he said, uh, you know, you always lived a life 
with a very large standard deviation. <laughs> so I've had some great high successes and some pretty really low lows. But but again, I think that's the purpose. And I wouldn't change that. I'd like to have some lesser lows, but I, that's how I would sum it up. Right. Um, interesting that you say that. I wouldn't change that, right? The ups and downs. I love your wisdom, Jeff. Thank you so much for your presence, for the work you do, for being you, just the way you are. Thank you so much. That's so kind. It's beautiful. I sure enjoy and, and so greatly appreciate the opportunity to speak with you. And boy, I love your site and your books. I've ordered some and I'm going to keep it in my saved uh, file here because all of that is the goodness that I need to be exposing myself to every day. Thank you, Jeff, for the encouragement <laughs> to continue to do what we do, right? Yes, you're doing a great job. So important. Thank you. So before we say goodbye again, where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? I think uh, the easiest uh, is the website at jeffmartinovich.com and everything is linked into there and the books are on Amazon and the different articles and the consulting and the speaking and the teaching. Um, all of that should, should flow through there. Wonderful. Thank you so much again and we'll talk soon. Thank you, Valerie. Have a great day. I, so nice to see you. You too, Jeff. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Jeffrey A. Martinovich and his work, please visit jeffmartinovich.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.